Scott and Paul Show, episode 13. New Japan gets raided by WWE. Photron is back. Guns and fucking Roses is back. And Scott licks the balls and just oh, 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 sucks the dick of everything that Nintendo put out in 2015. Paul Show, episode 13. Scott, no Dan, but we don't need Dan because we got totally fucking Blanchard stealing the fucking show. That's right. Yeah, and, uh, secret mission in Siberia. I can't say anything else about it. Oh, yes. yeah. He'll, he'll halo drop on my head. Take me out if I say anything else. Uh, well, let's just... Uh, Let's just go ahead and talk about this real quick, since this is. Yeah, let's just go ahead and not bury the the lead. This is probably the most important thing, and then we'll cover everything else. Um, WWE actually raided New Japan recently. Not sure how long it's been in, in the works, but they raided New Japan. They took AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, and Nakamura all in one fell swoop. So, and currently, right now, Nakamura is the Intercontinental Champion. And New Japan has, they do one year contracts, they don't do three year contracts with all their talent like WWE does. So that's um, a big deal for uh, WWE. This is kind of surprising. It's great news for WWE. It really fucking sucks for New Japan. And this is um, kind of harkens back to the old Monday Night Wars for an, an era where... People say WWE has no competition. This definitely looks like they're seeing New Japan's competition because they just stole some of their top talent. Yeah, they're making sure that they don't become competition. Of course, without a stateside presence, you know, how much competition are they? Yeah, well, uh, right now AJ Styles is <clears throat> considered by a lot of people, especially me. He's the... Uh, the best wrestling rule today, and they just, man, they just stole AJ. Well, they kind of have to. 
<laughs> that's the thing. Is it is it so much that the NJWP is like uh, or NJPW? WWE, whatever. Um, is it so much their competitor or freaking half of the superstars are critically injured right now? <laughs> They're just like, shit, we got to buy somebody. Yeah. <clears throat> that might have a lot to do with it. So, yeah. Uh, I've heard of two of these guys. I've heard of Nakamura and Styles. I don't know who the other two are. Yeah. And AJ and Nakamura, uh, they're not going to. NXT, they are going straight to Raw. They're going straight to the main roster. Um, probably Gallows and and Anderson. I would guess they would go to NXT since former Bullet Club members. I would probably stick them in NXT. There's no reason to. But Samoa Joe shouldn't be NXT either. Neither should Finn Balor, actually. But Hunter wants a second brand. Those guys were in the Bullet Club. Finn Balor's in NXT. He's working on um, Balor Club. Go ahead and reunite like Bullet Club. Put them together. But um, I just found your hey. new wallpaper. So let's go ahead and now AJ Styles. He did his last match in New Japan. He's been pulled from all of his ROH matches, upcoming matches. So he's done. Period. And he's been saying for months, whoever pays me the most amount of money, well, that's where I'm going to go. He's 38 years old, so this is his last run anyway, probably, because he's got, I forgot how many kids. So it's good for AJ. I mean, he's been suffering from a herniated disc in his back, so I'm not with everybody being hurt, like Scott just said. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be the best choice. Yeah. Um, Nakamura's 36, I believe, or he's getting ready to turn 36. But Vince McMahon and foreign wrestlers, let's just call it as it is, Asian wrestlers, Vince does not like Asians, especially if he can't speak Japanese. I mean, he can't, can't speak English. So <sighs> Nakamura really should just go to the NXT and stay there. Oh, AJ Styles has really changed his look since the last time I saw him. It's yeah, been years. But, yeah. yeah. But he's still the best in the world. So this is a huge move by WWE. I say this is all Triple H. Vince probably gave the um, okay. He's like, go get me some talent because they're all hurt. But, hey, WrestleMania is coming up. You need some people. So, supposedly, AJ might show up for Royal Rumble. We'll see. Well, I'm watching uh, Styles and Nakamura Wrestle Kingdom 10 highlights, and <clears throat> it looks pretty awesome. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, we were going to do the review, but Scott's like four hours behind. Yeah, there was a, a login issue I've been fighting with for a couple hours. But I mean, I watched the first the first good match. Yeah, the first match, Young Bucks. They are the new IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions. Spoilers, and it was Young Bucks' most exciting tag team in the world. But that is the uh, that's the first part of the news. That's a coup. I mean, I, I know who Nakamura is and AJ Styles. I just haven't watched much of them. I'd actually see more of Nakamura in the last, I don't know, few months. I had yeah. Styles. I haven't seen Styles in a long time. But, you know, I, I watch wrestling in spurts. You know, it's like, I mean, I love it, but I'm just one of those guys where when all, when all the old names started falling away, it just kind of, it's hard for me to get interested in a lot of the guys they have today because a lot of them are cookie cutter. I mean, I like like Dean Ambrose because he's he's out there. His character is so, and I think he does a pretty good job. Um, you know, I love John Cena. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, guy works hard, but whatever. Um, so, and I like um, um, shit, man. His name escaped me. You know, the WWE champion just got hurt. Holy cow. Seth Rollins. Seth, Seth Rollins. Rollins. Yes, I like Seth Rollins a whole lot. So that's pretty much it. I mean, I like watching some of those guys, but yeah, as as, like motherfucker. Yeah, he's pretty good. But I mean, as far as holding my interest, there's only a few that really hold my interest. Yeah. So um I definitely need to watch more New Japan though, because I remember watching that shit back in the day at your house and I loved it. So yeah. And it's pretty good. Hey, torture rack, AJ Styles into a powerbomb. Sweet. Wish Luger would have thought of that one. Yeah. Or Hercules. But uh big news. So not sure when Nakamura is gonna go. Um he has given his his um leave slip, of course, but uh probably for the next couple months. He still has his ROH dates to to fulfill so eh, we'll see but on to other news which let's just go ahead and do this one too guns and fucking roses is back yes let's just get onto the cream of the crop for tonight yes we're just gonna blow our load early <laughs> yeah and we're gonna skip the foreplay and we're gonna go straight to the fucking yeah screw this we just spit on this shit we're in yeah, it guns and fucking roses back yeah um that's awesome uh, I mean, gu- yeah uh action slash will reunite guns and roses when the band plays at coachella later this year um I'm guessing that's the only time they actually play together. (laughs) (laughs) They're talking about this big tour date, and I just don't see it happening. They get in the same room, they do it, they spend a weekend or two with Axel, and they're going to want to kill him again. Uh, According to New York Times, they're playing the um, weekends of April 15th through the 17th and April 22nd through the 24th. As of right now, it's unclear whether or not that Steve, Izzy, and Duff will play with them. Or Matt Swarm or Dizzy will join either. So right now, all we know is going to be Axel and Slash. Um, 
According to Billboard, the band is also in negotiations for a North American headlining tour. The group has reportedly, group being actual slash, has reportedly asked for up to $3 million per show, with tickets reportedly to cost up to $275 per night for the reunion tour. I'll pay it. Um, Axel was supposed to show up for um, Jimmy Kimmel Live to talk about what the hell was going to go on, but Axel canceled it. So Axel Rose is back. Yeah, he's already canceling shit. So, damn, $275 for tickets? With Axel? Axel and Slash. Uh, yeah, if I have a guarantee, I'm going to show up or stay. Um,. Well, they they, they they act. They played in Huntington about seven or eight years ago, maybe more of that. And Axel did show up. I would, I if if it comes close, I will do this because I've always thought, man, I really wish I could have seen Axel and Slash on stage together. I mean, I'm all for the entire original lineup, all of them, but it's the Axel and Slash show. I don't care what anybody says. So, I mean, well, Izzy was pretty pretty big, but. It, the guys that were on camera all the time was Axel and Slash. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just Axel's vocals, man. I don't know. They're they're still good. Don't get me wrong, but everybody gets older and their voice changes. So what is he like in his fifties now? He's got to be. Axel still has it though. Yeah, he does. He still does. I'm just you know, it's just gonna be weird. Um. Like you could tell with like Chinese democracy, it was a little a little change. Remember that um, the one VMA awards where Axel had the surprise performance. Axel's fifty three. He's fifty three, but do you remember the VMA show where Axel surprised the crowd? Guns N' Roses popped out. They played the show. Uh, according to this, Duff is confirmed as well. Apparently, you don't remember. <laughs> Or care. <laughs> well, I'm looking up information for the shelf. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, all right, I will talk while you look up information for a minute. So Axel comes out to like one of the VMA awards. Well, Guns N' Roses does, and it's like this big surprise performance, and the crowd went freaking nuts. Axel was actually off key, but it was something to do. He couldn't hear himself. His earpiece was jacked up, so he couldn't use that to keep his voice right. Um, but anyways, like there was like a lot of energy in the show and it was like, it was huge. It didn't matter. It was a, it was a pretty good song too. I, I, it's on one of the albums. I think it's on Chinese democracy. It might've been covered or maybe it's something I had to download off the internet. I don't remember, but the song, it was, it was epic. And the show was epic. It was just, it was badass. Just that one song. And like they kept showing the crowd and they were, they were going nuts. It didn't matter who it was. They were going crazy. Cause Guns N' Roses was up there just like tearing it up. Of course it wasn't slash, but I mean, it was still great. So very good show. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. The best show of the entire VMAs was your least, the lead singer was off key. <laughs> so, yeah, it was awesome. So yeah, Axel's fifty three. We've determined that. Is he still like huge? Guns N' Roses has issued the press release confirming that Slash and bassist Duff McKagan will rejoin Axel on the band in a band. Blah blah blah. blah. Yep. Yeah, so 
That's what you're getting. Actual slash and duff. So you're getting three of them. Yeah. Wow. These these current pictures of Axel are crazy. Quit putting Axel down, fucker. <laughs> yeah, everybody gets old, man. It's it's natural. Yeah, but you should be happy and praising the band, not saying, look how this guy, he's so fat. <laughs> you fat shaming <laughs> you're, 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 you're. racist, sexist, and I hate fucking cats too, bitches. Next, so. next you're gonna be saying he's he's also dating a woman. Why should you date some woman? Yeah. Damn women. So he's got tattoos. I mean, what the hell? So, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, you know, I I'm extremely excited. And if the show is close, I'm going to buy tickets. And this is like honestly, to me in the music industry, this is the biggest news since, since the kiss since, reunion. Since yeah. the kiss reunion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean pretty much to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I'm just saying Ax- Axel look he, he could probably win a fight now. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the weight. Oh wait a minute, I'm thinking of the wrong guy. I'm thinking of Glenn Danzig. <laughs> you need to get his ass kicked again like last year at a show in Canada or something. No no no. Fight another roadie. Nah no, some fan beat the brakes off from him again. So He's been in a couple of fights, and I don't think he's won. It was Axel was the one that was whipping people's asses. I forgot about that. He would like dive out of the crowd and like Superman punch people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the photo of Fat Axel Rose has been debunked. Ah, well, that's something. Uh, it's like we have. Oh, I guess I can see it now that someone kind of said it was fake. I can see the. Photoshop in it. It's like we got less in TV than game. So let's just go ahead and go to TV and movies. I wonder if they're going to have any new songs. No. How? In visionary. In TV news. Del Rio. Del Rio, shit. Del Toro is doing an animated. Here are your kids. They must be excited as well because we are getting a brand new Voltron TV series. And it's about to get Del fucking Del Toro. I don't know why I keep saying Del Rio. I'm excited. <laughs> We're going. Yeah. Yeah. Del Toro is doing a Voltron and it's coming to Netflix in 2016. Yeah, that sounds amazing. My kids just discovered Voltron. Like, I tried to show it to them a couple years back, and Voltron's kind of a slow. So it simmers when you first exposed to it, and then he whips out a laser sword and chops a monster's head off. And you're like, okay, this is awesome. <laughs> and uh, so I basically just skipped right to the to the money shot, and the kids were like, "Holy cow, I love this!" I was like, "Yeah, I know you would." So they've they've devoured a bunch of it now. Starting in 2016, Netflix will launch several new series from DWA. DreamWorks Animation, including a reimagining of Voltron and the new series Troll Hunters from Master Story Terra del Toro, who will unleash a new fantastical world wrapped around two best friends who make a startling discovery beneath their hometown. 
Yeah. I'm sure a guy will probably have an eye bone in his you know, hand. But um he the fact been... that Go ahead. we are getting a Voltron in 2016 is pretty fucking sweet though. It's pretty awesome. Maybe that'll let him get some of that uh creativity he had for Pacific Rim 2 out. So maybe this is Pacific Rim 2. Maybe it <laughs> is. Uh, I I hope not. I love Pacific Rim. Uh, they need to be freaking just get the hell off the freaking toilet, you know, shit or get off the pot. We need to see Godzilla versus um, Pacific Rim. See Godzilla smashing some of those kaiju and then fighting some robots. I just hope the animation is not cheap and pathetic. Yeah, there's a there's a CGI Voltron series already on Netflix, and it's not very good. Like, I mean, you know, there's some robots. That's the good part. They punch robots. The robots punch monsters, but not oh, <laughs> the yeah. level of awesome punchery that was in uh, Pacific Rim, and that is a word now officially. Punchery. What is it like? Voltron means the presence of punches. <laughs> Voltron something force. It's. I think it's just Voltron force. Voltron lion force or some bullshit like uh, that. They've had a few of them. The originals that you got to watch. They used to be on USA Network. But at least we are getting a Del Toro. I wonder if he's going to be writing in the episodes or he's just saying, what you need, brother, right now is this Voltron to come up there and just fuck some shit up right now. That's what I want. Make sure he fucks some shit up and he's up in space and the sword comes out. Pretty much. Did you watch the... Um, Documentary Electric Boogaloo. No, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. What's what's that one about? It's about Canon Films. Oh no, I didn't know they had a documentary about Canon Films. Yeah, it's on Netflix. So. Oh well, I'll be checking that out this week. <laughs> yeah, it goes from the the beginning to uh, to, to the end, and the best part is it it says that well we we interviewed the. Um, the guys who created Canon Films and they refused to be interviewed about it. And when when they found out about it, they decided to make their own documentary about Canon Films. And the film was released three months before his R was. So. Yeah. Canon Films, I remember um, you saw that logo and you was like, that's all right. There's going to be some badass shit go down. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Let's see. Let's just go ahead and get up with a little. little that is a sweet-ass Nakamura picture you just sent me. Looks like we got some. Yeah, it's badass, isn't it? That r yeah. Rising Sun. Okay, I see some. Is this Beastmaster? He-Man, Braddock. Cyborg with Van Damme, if anybody remembers that. American Ninja, is that what that is? I'm just looking at the poster. Death yeah. Wish, was he Death Wish? That's Charles Bronson. Man, that was Death, Death Wish movie in years. Yeah, they they did the sequels to Death Wish. Okay. He didn't do the original, but they got to write the sequels. I need to watch Cyborg. I haven't watched that since I was like 10. Yeah. List of canon films. Let's, let's see what we get here. To kind of classic awesomeness. Let's see. Uh, 
Well, I haven't heard of any of these it yet. It could be. Because um, it was in the 70s. Fuck the 70s. Let's see. Um, Last American Virgin. New Year's Evil. Hospital Massacre. Enter the Ninja. I've seen those. Death Wish 2. Seen that. Uh, Masters of the Universe. Bloodsport. Which, which Hercules is this? I've seen a bunch of Hercules movies. One flew for Rigno. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, let's see. Revenge of the Ninja. I've seen that. Uh, let's see. I mean, they put Sword of the Valiant. Exterminator 2. I've seen that. I mean, they, I'm just saying, missing an action. Oh, the the best part about the... um, Life Force. Missing an action films? Yeah. They, they filmed them both at the same time. I did not know that. And, and they realized that the... Uh, the sequel was better than the first one because the director was oh, shit on the first one. Invasion USA. And, and they said, uh, if we release the first film, it's going to kill the franchise. We will, Let's release the second film first, and then we'll release the second film. So they went ahead and released the sequel first, and then they released the sequel. Which they released they released so many movies that I love. That's crazy. King Solomon's Mines, Quartermain. Remember that one with Richard Chamberlain? Yeah. Man. Oh, they they buried uh, Sharon Stone in that documentary. She oh was, yeah. Yeah, she was horrible to work with. She was arrogant, but they just. Her. Let's rattle off the rest of this list just just so we know the awesomeness here. We've already named a bunch. We got Delta Force, um, Cobra. That was an awesome one. Cobra was awesome. Yes, I didn't know that was a canon film, but Cobra was Cobra was awesome. Over the top. That was a canon film. Over the top. Yeah. Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. Yeah, oh, they, they they buried that one. Yeah, that was terrible. Um, that that's a that's something that's a movie that can have its own freaking documentary. That, that was a movie that they were saying they thought, okay, this is going Blood to make sport. it into the big time. The but end. Then they realized that, well, you're not spending the money on this that you should because you're cutting the budget. So you have to realize if you want it to look like the first film. You're gonna to have to spend the money, buddy. It's like, and they—that's why it looks like shit. Damn, their '80s releases, dude. I don't know if they made any money, but they're awesome. Yeah, we just Bloodsport right there. That's it. That's all you gotta say about Canon. Yeah, they released freaking Bloodsport, awesome. Kickboxer, um, Cyborg, which yeah, it's not as good as those, but it's it's just got its own. The, the first one they did for. Cyborg that everybody hated it when they first released it. So they yeah. had to go in and recut the film. Yeah, I like that movie. Had a cool soundtrack too. It was kind of like this weird dystopian cut that they did. So they had to go in there and re-edit the whole film. Yeah. Um, I thought the guy played the bad guy like kind of 
knocked it out of the park. But damn, that movie made some money compared to its budget. If the it says citation needed, I'm using Wiki, so don't sue me. Mm-hmm. Five hundred thousand dollar budget, which is obvious, and box office nine point five to ten point two million. So, yeah, nineteen eighty five nine. It says April 7, 1989. I thought it came out before Bloodsport, but apparently I was wrong. So, (laughs) it's interesting. I haven't seen that movie in so long. But yeah, you know, they're they're freaking, uh, damn, they, they, what they do, go into 96? Huh. They they knocked it out in the 80s, but then you go to like the 90s and it's looking bad, like right off the bat. Well, they, they, at the SEC, I think, it attacked them for some unfair business practices. They had they got into some way legal practice, unfair nah. legal practices. That's what got them because they were setting up some bullshit. Hmm. Looks like they ripped off James Cameron's Rambo 2 story treatment. Supposedly. So, huh. anyways, they made a lot of good movies. I mean, a lot of good action movies, you know, just freaking TBS awesomeness and beyond. I mean, there was there was some good shit, period. Bloodsport's awesome. You know, if you're too cool for Bloodsport, then you're just a cynical dick. So, so. there's an absolute for you. So, rest in peace, Canon Films. You gave me a lot of fighting and boobs when I was too young to see either one. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's a little bit of a spoiler, maybe not a spoiler, but Krang right. will be in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And they've already talked about fucking it up. Mm. Surprise, surprise. Uh,. Rolling Stone was talking to Michael Bay, and they said, well, this is from Latino Review, and let's just go ahead and read this verbatim. Uh, The next subject he covers is, in fact, the famous uh, TMNT villain, Krang, will, in fact, be in Turtles. Ah, the shadows, blah, blah, blah. Let's take a second. This was brought up when the visual effects supervisor, Pablo Hellman, made a comment in passing about the design and look of the character, even asking if he looked too much like a monster. Quote, so we've eliminated the tentacles. Is it too much monster-ish? I just don't want them coming out the side. He looks like a stupid octopus. So what the fuck's he going to do with crying? So, in other words, he looked like the character from the <laughs> show. So, you're going to change him. For God's sake. What the fuck is wrong with these people? What the fuck is wrong with Michael Bay? I mean... Uh... Well, that wasn't Michael Bay that did it. That was the um, Pablo Hellman. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. It's visual effects supervisor. But... Fucking Michael Bay has the final say. It's his fucking franchise. Yeah, exactly. Or fucking Michael Bay does no jack shit anyway because look what he fucking did to the goddamn turtles. Yeah, I mean, I love Charles S. Dutton, just not four of them. So, 
I'm going to keep making that joke to the day I fucking die. Okay? Just get over it. I don't even remember what that stupid... Have you watched it? Have you watched that piece of shit yet? No, I refuse to watch it because I'm not going to waste the bandwidth on it. I'd rather watch the fucking Fantastic Four than this shit. Yeah. Turtles was... It had its moments, but there was like two of them. <laughs> and I'm not quite sure what the hell they were. I think it was when it went off. This one of them. So, yeah. Um... But I mean, it, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's it's pretty crappy, and it's it, I don't know. I usually don't fanboy rage about changes to to. I can I can usually take a lot, you know what I mean. Um, but staying true to character as far as visual style and their characterizations is really important. And TMNT just you know was very generic in their characterizations. One's serious, one's uh, talks like an idiot, uh, one's a leader, and one is in the tech. And that was as far as it went. There was nothing else to it. And the other part was like the visual design, and you made them super strength, super powered, like super strong when in the TV show and cartoons and the movies before, there was a threat to them because they were human powered. You know what I mean? You kind of ran into that Superman problem, which it's nowhere near that power level, but still it just, it, I don't know. It's, it wasn't, it just wasn't interesting to me as a turtle fan growing up. So, but you know, hell it might be like some of these other movies where kids today, like love it and that's fine. But I don't understand why they wouldn't carry a similar visual style. If they're going to go to live action, try to adopt a lot of what you're getting in the Nickelodeon show because that shit's popular and the toys are selling like freaking hotcakes. I'm pretty sure the movie toys went on clearance real fast. So, oh, well, it is what it is. It's just stupid Hollywood bullshit. I mean, I don't blame them for wanting to make money, but man, I don't know. They just, they just screw everything up. Megan Fox, really? Whatever. Not that hard. <laughs> he looks like a stupid octopus. If that's not a statement that says, I don't give a shit about the original character or design at all, I don't know what else to say. Of course he looks like a stupid octopus, but he's a freaking badass because he's this overlord of this interdimensional army. And it's just, I say copy the exact same damn everything and just let him smash shit. Yeah. So, Technodrome, the whole nine yards. People will buy it these days. We are way beyond not accepting what you're going to see on screen. Literally, it comes down to what I just said. That's what people don't accept is these, these huge departures from the original visual style or the characterization. That's what people don't accept. We can accept anything that people can imagine on screen other than what I just stated. So, But moving on, whatever. Pablo Hellman's an idiot. <sighs> Force. Well, now I already started reading it. Fuck it. Force Awaken needs just $10 million to pass Avatar for all time domestic. Uh, Avatar has $760 million. Force Awaken, $750 million. It's pretty good, man. 
There well, according to this, uh, Box Office Mojo, the mass domestic total as of January 4th is $750 million. Yeah. yeah. Right on. So I, guess it, I guess it just depends on which site you're getting it from. So... So yeah, Box Office Mojo is reporting seven fifty and seven sixty for Avatar. It's like ten point two million, ten point three. So, so eh, it depends. They're close wherever you're at. Yeah, it's all estimates. So it's within. Ten to twenty million dollars. Yeah. Probably pass it Wednesday or Thursday. Movie just keeps on trucking. It's a ridiculous that it is, in just a, however many days it's been out, it's made the money it's made. I mean, Avatar took, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks to get to where it got, and Star Wars is right there within just a f- few days, really compared. Eighteen days. So, wow, that's it. That's a crazy. And I mean, it's not like the ticket prices are wildly more expensive now than they were in 2009. I mean, there's a little bit of a difference, but it's, it doesn't amount to much. It's not like when you're comparing the original star Wars to force awakens or avatar where they sold way more tickets or even gone with the wind. So (laughs) today's ticket prices, those are billion dollar movies. So, but still that's, that's pretty awesome. $750 million. So, I mean, you know, we're a fan of cinema and stuff. So I think it's neat to see, um, I mean, the top 10 domestic of all time, three of them are Star Wars. It's like it has to be the most watched series ever. There's nothing else can come close. James Bond, if you spread it out over 20 or 30 movies, and, and Godzilla, I don't even know if they've made that much. And what's Godzilla over 30 now or 29 or something? But Marvel's but, doing pretty good with their films. So. Yeah. I bet Godzilla's probably. Not even grossed what one of them outside the American releases. I bet all the Japanese ones haven't grossed shit compared to one Star Wars movie. But that's just a wild guess. Or Toho. They're popular, but that's about it. Yeah. And I love Godzilla, but it just doesn't have these worldwide releases. Did you see the um, Zootopia trailer? The new one? Brand new one? Did we go over that last week? No, this is the brand new one. The, oh, the brand the new, new one. Bullwitch. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just like a link that you didn't delete. No. So. Well, stop right. that sidelock while I absorb this. Well, if you can't hear the trailer, then there's no point in watching it. So. Uh, I ignore you anyways. Well, you can actually hear the trailer, so it's pointless. Uh, no, I just posted that link on there so you for sidelock so you can have something to look at later on since you're married. So, let's go uh, on to the games. I don't objectify women. Why would I need that? <laughs> While you're married, <laughs> you got to have something to look at. So, games. Okay, this bump was awesome. Um, uh, all right, let's just let me bitch about Nintendo for a minute. <laughs> Since well, I'm all your fucking games of the year you got is all goddamn Nintendo. I can't help but okay. they make good games. Um, 
Nintendo had the Amiibos slash Skylanders figures that came out. And you had the Bowser figure, and you had the Donkey Kong figure. Well, they're exclusive to Nintendo systems. So to get Donkey Kong, you had to buy the Wii U starter pack. To get Bowser, you had to buy either the 3DS or the Wii starter pack, which is more of a Mario Kart type game rather than the full Skylanders experience. And, of course, I'm sure people all over the freaking world bought both versions so they could get it. And then now, <laughs> Nintendo's selling them in single packs, standalone packs. So, it's just like, Nintendo knew what the fuck they were doing. They knew that the Amiibo collectors were going to run out, and they were going to buy both copies. Um, and, I mean, I can't blame them, but, ugh, bastards, now you're releasing the singles. Because I'm one of those dumbasses that bought both. <laughs> I bought, I bought, we got, um... One for my son's birthday. He wanted the um, Wii U. He wanted the Skylander Superchargers. So he got that for his birthday, which was the seventh. And then for Christmas, he got, uh, they got uh, the Wii version, which they both were wanting Bowser really bad. And I thought, well, it's the second game and we like Amiibos and Skylanders and shit. So whatever. And Best Buy had a sale and it ended up being like 30 bucks. So it's not so bad, but. I, I, you know, I think maybe it's to the point now that any future purchases on this shit should probably wait till three or four months after the shit comes out. So, I mean, you think all the people that dropped a hundred bucks on um, a Shulk figure or 80 bucks or 70 bucks, whatever the height of its price was, and then they re-released it. So, yeah. Fucking Nintendo bastards. Yeah. Don't ever buy a Amiibo. But I only got myself to blame. You know what I mean? So... I fell for it. I, I kind of figured it would, but I thought, eh, whatever. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas. Rise of the Tomb Raider, which may or may not be on some people's game of the year list. Uh, the game that was an exclusive last year for the Xbox One. And then, uh, no, no, we didn't buy the game. We didn't buy the franchise. It will. It's a time exclusive. Don't worry. Well, it's finally coming out on Steam and PC on January, and now we have a date, January twenty eighth, for Windows Store and Steam. Still have no date for PlayStation Four, but it will be on Steam. That's the good news, and it's also going to be available for in four K. So it's a hot, I mean, it's a, uh, at first they were saying it was kind of like a sales disaster. And now the, um, the rumor was anyways. And now that one of Microsoft's execs was on Twitter or one of the, one of the social media sites and said that, no, it, it sold, um, it's already sold a million copies. And then some people said, well, that's your shipped. And they said, no, that's, that's sale through. That's we've, we've sold a million. So, um, and considering you only have like two million people who have an Xbox One, that's pretty fucking good. Yeah, you get, yeah, it's kind of like that. Where's the silver lining at? Because um, that's actually a pretty good attach rate, considering what are there? I don't know how many Xboxes there are 17 million or 15 million, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, million, I think. Yeah, like they still sold a decent amount. 
So, and they're stepping out on PC, so they're going to make money there. And they will come out on other systems later. But it's got really good reviews from critics. And, you know, some of the people on the game sites that I frequent, uh, like GameTZ, there's a lot of people in there that like it. So, it's a... Uh, well, the last, the last one I'm waiting on. It was my game of the year, the last one. So, we'll see. That's what I'm holding out for. I need to finish that one. I get too spread out on my games. That, that was a good game. Um, Scott put up a NXT, not NXT, uh, NX rumor here. According to New Daily, uh, NX, Nintendo's set to announce new hybrid console, blah, blah, blah. Uh, possibility that they will show it at CES, which is ongoing right now. I highly doubt that. I doubt it too. I call bullshit. I say this is clickbait. I think it's clickbait. They, um, some of the forums were kind of flipping out and everybody's like, oh man, we might hear something soon. And I'm like, no, this is somebody, they, they offered no sources, uh, did not even allude to their source, just bam. So, but people are talking about the NX. So that's a good sign, um, you know, but I mean, I really wish they would just at least say what the concept really is. I mean, we know what pretty much what it's going to be, I think, but until Nintendo comes out and says it, nobody really knows. And, uh, but I mean, it seems to me like they're kind of doubling down on the Wii U for the rest of the year, but who knows? I'm not exactly a corporate executive. It's just my, uh, unqualified guess. And, uh, Scott's remember when, uh, we were talking about. Ninja Turtles doing having a game possibly by Platinum. Yep. Like, no, no, there's no no game made by Platinum. What the fuck you're talking about? They had that box art released. Well, now Xbox achievements has surfaced. So it looks more and more like there is a game by Platinum. Well, fuck yeah. That's all I can say. Um this is from PlayStation Lifestyle. We still haven't received confirmation from Poetry Activism or Platinum Games, but after a couple of ratings uh, was released, now the Xbox achievement list has surfaced. Um, you have three difficulty modes, easy, normal, hard, collectibles, zombification, character switching, and more. So... It looks like it will be available for PlayStation 4, 3, Xbox One, 360, and PC. So, um, I don't know. I would definitely like a Platinum Games Ninja Turtle game. I hope it looks better than the ugly-ass art design I'm looking at, though. That, I'm trying to think. I've been looking at this, and I don't know. Where, is this picture attached? Is that the same as the box art? I don't know. Anyways, yeah. I mean, it's all right, but um, hopefully they just go classic for all of us guys that have jobs that would buy it. Um, Man, Platinum Games makes good freaking action games, period. So uh, attaching the turtles to Platinum Games is like a dream come true. Because they've had some good games, don't get me wrong, but 
um, you know, Turtles in Time for Super Nintendo and uh, T2, the arcade game, freaking Take Your Lunch Money. Manhattan Project was pretty good, but not as good as two. So, I mean, they've had some good games over the years, but uh, they've been sorely lacking in the modern generations. So, I'm... Man, Platinum Games just got to get track history stuff. Transformers Devastation was pretty well received. And then there's freaking Bayonetta. And that's the same guy, like we said last week, that was behind the Devil May Cry series. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, we can at least... I would assume that's at least going to be a good game, if not great. And it's Ninja Turtles. So, it'd be awesome if it's four too. What was that? Vanquish. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know how Star Fox Zero is going to turn out, though, but it looks like total shit. Yeah, graphically, it's weak. It's weak. It looks weak even for a Wii U. I mean, just not impressive at all. But, like I've said before, a guy plays Atari, I don't really give a shit. I mean, especially after you look at, um, I don't know, Fast Racing Neo and... Yeah, that's a small ass developer. Yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Sixty for yeah, gosh, that game is freaking gorgeous. And um, then you get why can I not make it look good? I mean, it's got the ugliest face models ever in Xenoblade Chronicles X. I can't stand their faces. I'm like, yep, y'all are wearing your helmets. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a gorgeous game. Art design has a lot to do with it. I don't, I don't know what happened to Star Fox. Uh, maybe it was rushed. At this point, let's go ahead and hold off and make it a. It's been delayed nice once, so maybe I, maybe the delay is to kind of address some of that. I don't know. I know it just got delayed quite a while. Was it like? Well, was the it? last footage we saw looks like shit. Yeah, but wasn't that? What is release date? March now. I thought it was April. April or March? Yeah. It's April, I'm pretty sure. Now that you said that. Anyways, yeah, I mean, as long as the gameplay is good, I'll be all right. April twenty first, twenty sixteen. Graphic sell. I don't doubt that for a second. The graphic sell. I'm scared to pay sixty fucking dollars for this game. I think it's going to be a maybe ten hour game, if that. Yeah. Designed by Shigeru Miyamoto. So, I mean, Miyamoto, that's pretty good. I mean, he's the guy. Designers, Shigeru Miyamoto, developers, uh, Platinum Games, and Nintendo EAD, which is their their primary developer. I don't know. I'll let you buy it first. <laughs> oh, I'm going to. Don't, don't doubt that. <laughs> I'm not going to say one. This I got that Best Buy Gamers discount, so it'll at least be like 48 bucks. Um. Yeah, so I'll try it out. All right, Scott. I'm waiting till probably February to do my game of the year shit. But oh, it's, it's not my official. I'm still debating. Yeah. Well, I played too. I have to finish Assassin's Creed and waiting on uh, Rise of Tomb Raider to drop. Yeah, well, I'm 10 hours into Xenoblade Chronicles X, and it's pretty freaking good, but it's, I would say confidently it's probably not quite as good as xenoblade chronicles for wii um graphically it's vastly superior 
Art design is the same level of excellence. Uh, I actually think the combat runs a little smoother, but maybe I need to unlock some more abilities. And so it doesn't actually seem as interesting. The whole Monado um, concept in the first one was, was really fun to me. And that's not really here yet. So I'll have to wait and see. Um, the other thing was the character models, man, their faces are just retarded, stupid looking. I can't stand them. Um, and I'm not, like I say, I'm not normally a guy bitches about graphics, but uh, it's not so much the graphics as it's just, they got these like creases in their, in their lips and they're just, they're just screwed up. I don't know. It just drives, I don't know. It's like someone raking their fingernails down a um, um, chalkboard when I look at them. You know, people say, oh, my eyes are bleeding because of the textures. Well, I kind of get it now. Kind of, I was just like, I don't like that at all. But um, music wise, it's does not the, as, Does it look plastic? Yeah. Yeah. The, from the neck down, they don't look plastic to me. But like from the neck up, they look like a plastic doll head. I just, I, I it just, either go all or all in or all out. You know what I mean? So that was kind of what's getting me is the, the faces on everybody. And like the animations for when they talk are like PS2 era. <laughs> I was like, is this really happening? So, but I got, I got, I got over the mouth part, the animations real fast, but in the faces, I just stuck their helmets on. I'm like, all right, I went to the menu and you can select where the helmet always shows. It always shows, but man, the combat, I really like the combat system. Uh, the firearms are implemented really well, and the armor is really cool. But like the score, I can't think of anything in the first Xenoblade that wasn't just excellent as far as the score goes. It, it may be the best score in a video game ever. And Xenoblade Chronicles X, while I appreciate they tried to do a few different things, I haven't been hit with that epic sweeping score yet, and all I've got is this, like when you're in New Los Angeles, is this really annoying hip-hop thing where actually the beat the music isn't bad itself but there's some people doing some vocals and it's just yeah yeah mm, uh-huh yeah the whole time i'm just like shut up so yeah the score is really annoying so far i mean it's got some decent ones here and there but i don't like the score that much and that epic battle music from Xenoblade. so they haven't done any j-pop shit yet uh no no it's just like some really crappy Wanna be rap, I guess. Wanna be Japanese hip hop. I guess. It's just some it's some guy just going, Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, shut up. This is like fake Sega rap. Yeah, there you go. It's fake Sega rap. So <laughs> I'm I'm a little disappointed in the school. Nineteen ninety Sega rap. That's what but, and I'm I'm the guys I'm nitpicking at this point. I'm just saying I would still flat out if I had to say what I think I'll rate this game when I finish is a nine. My 10 hours is a nine. Well, that's a fucking horrible game, Scott. It's a nine. Yeah, I know. It's terrible, isn't it? So, but like I said, the combat is freaking sweet. The story is, it's just sci-fi stuff. Um, but it's its pretty good. It's really good. But I need to play it more before I can, I need to finish it before I can ever pick out whether it's actually my game of the year. So, I probably won't even qualify it for this year because I'm only 10 hours in. So, so your top Five, if you had to pick five games for this year. So you have one, two, three, four, five. You have five games up there. Yeah. So it's Mario, Broforce, Splatoon, Fast Racing, Neo, Rocket League. 
That's that's the five games released in 2015 that probably my top five. Probably. So Black Ops 3 is not in your top five. <clears throat> no, it's, it's, I was surprised that it was pretty good. It was really good, but these just are better. I had more fun with these than I did Black Ops. So Mario Maker, Brave Force, Splatoon, Fast Racing, New and Rocket League. And... I mean, really, any five of those are interchangeable right now to me. So I've actually got probably eight or nine hours in Fast Racing Neo. Uh, so I haven't seen everything that's there. But, I mean, I'm just getting my shit wrecked on the higher difficulties. So actually, I think I have about 10 hours on it. Uh, Splatoon, I think I have about maybe 30 hours or so. Bro Force, a few hours, but that I've seen everything. It's amazing. And Mario Maker, I mean... You make one map, you've made them all, I guess. Um, the implementation of the gamepad to be able to draw your maps and how fast you can make a level, a complete level. If you've never messed with it, you should be able to figure it out in 10 minutes and have a complete level in the first 30 minutes. And then every time after that, 15 minutes, I can crank a, a, a decent Mario-inspired fun level out. So, And then sometimes you know, I'll spend an hour designing a level and come up with some fun stuff. Rocket League. I probably got 10 or 15 hours on that. I played it online. I've played it um, just AI and I played co-op with you online. And that game is just, it's awesome. So we played that on PS4. So those are, those are, those are the games this year that definitely stick out. Now, those may not necessarily be the best games I played last year. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles for the Wii and Valiant Hearts, The Great War, I played it on the PS4. Those two games, like Valiant Hearts, had a super strong story, and it had a very uh, excellent way of delivering the story, and it was with emotion, and there was questions and about humanity, and, and it, it didn't portray the Germans as all evil. Uh, you know, it showed both sides, and it was really good. It was very good. And, well, I mean, most, most people who follow games know a little bit about Xenoblade Chronicles, but... Awesome combat system, awesome score, awesome art direction, awesome everything, other than muddy textures being on a Wii. Duke Nukem Megaton Edition for Vita was fun. That that second joystick made such a huge difference. So I played that on Saturn. I played it on 64 back in the day, and it was really hard. to. I, th I always found them hard to navigate, even though they were fun. But the second joystick, while not perfect, I thought I'll play this for two minutes. Hell, I sit down for like five or six hours just screwing around with it. Very good. So COD Black Ops 3 surprised me. I'm not a huge COD fan. I like Modern Warfare 2. After that, I was done. And I played them off and on. I played Ghost, whatever. And they were okay. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a cold. But Black Ops 3 was like really tight gunplay. Um, the campaign was, you know, interesting to me because it kind of had that whole terminator-ish vibe um techno i'm trying to think of what the word you know uh, shadow run you know you had this the potential future that, that 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 you were fighting against i thought was really awesome and um the, i think the multiplayer is really cool the classes are uh, an awesome addition with their special abilities which i mean they're they you have a timer and it takes a while before you can activate them but they're pretty good so i was definitely happy with cod and the zombie mode I thought was a little disappointing because there's like really basically one map, but you can unlock a second nightmare mode 
uh, once you beat the main game, it lets you replay through it with zombies as your main enemy for the most part. So, and it, the map order, I think, might be a little different. So, and that, <clears throat> to me, that was a better game. The second quest was actually better than the first quest. So, I don't normally play through two games, a game twice, and I'm probably halfway through it again. So, got my money's worth out of Black Ops, for sure. And your biggest disappointments? Uh, Godzilla for PS4. Uh, you know, this, it does offer the cinematic experience like they promised, but the controls are just kind of a pain, and it's very clunky. Um, it's not a bad game, but I was hoping that it, the control scheme would be a little better, and that's what holds it back. Uh, you're slow lumbering. You're just exactly what Godzilla is supposed to be. In that light, if you're looking for a Godzilla sim, that game delivers on all fronts, but the controls hurt it a lot for me. So I can play it and have a little bit of fun with it, but I, was, I first saw that and I thought, man, the odds of that being any good or low. And I kept watching videos, I kept watching videos, and I kind of got my hopes up a little bit. And But once you get your hands on the control and feel the response and the way it moves, it, it kills it. So, uh, But the biggest disappointment was Sign Hills getting canceled. Fuck Konami. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, that demo was awesome. It's my favorite genre. And, you know, the demo was just, I, it was perfect. You know, I mean, hell, I probably, I don't know how many hours I even put into the demo. I mean, I put some time into the demo. So, and then, you know, I like Norman Reedus before Walking Dead. So that was cool that he was attached. So not to mention Del Toro, but man, whatever. It was a freaky demo. But if you want to see a good uh, idea of what Godzilla was, just watch the um, Angry Joe review of Godzilla. And I'll tell you everything you need to know about Godzilla. Yeah. So if you sit in a bargain bin for $10 or less and you like Godzilla, I, I could recommend it in that case, but not at a full 60 bucks. No. Okay, in NWA for January 4th, 1986. Uh, start, show starts off with Dusty Rhodes, uh, figure four on Ole Anderson at a show. Uh, we will be going back to this show wherever they were at. They never said where this was, but it will keep coming back over and over again. Uh, the Road Warriors are, and Magnum T.A. are holding off the rest of the Four Horsemen. Um. All hell is breaking loose. Uh, the faces are getting heat on the hills. And that's it. Uh, cut to promo with Tully Blanchard and J.J. Dillon. Tully has just hired J.J. Uh, they bury Dusty for doing... Are you on the... Um, there you are. Okay. Uh, they bury Dusty for doing the same damn thing to Ole that Flair did to Dusty. Tully cut a promo about... Uh, man, uh, I can't read my writing here. Tully cut a promo about uh, how Arn liked to say that they are the four horsemen and the business revolves around these three guys. You take out one, you still have three. Uh, Tully and JJ refuse to talk about Baby Doll. Uh, uh, cut to Rock and Roll Express versus Jim Jeffers and Thunderfoot. Typical Rock and Roll Express match. Ricky Sold and Hot Tag Robert Gibson came in and cleaned house. Double drop kick. 
Um, well, this match was a lot better than last week's match. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this next uh, segment, <laughs> no way in hell you could do this in 2016. No. Okay. <clears throat> Promo with Tully to answer the question about Baby Doll. Essentially, Baby Doll turned her back on Tully. Tully claims he made her a household name. Uh, and he even defended her honor after Dusty called her a perfect zero. JJ started going off about Tully Blanchard Enterprises and how JJ severed ties with all wrestlers to only focus on Tully and started talking about this great plan to take out Dusty. Totally ignoring questions about Baby Doll, talked about how you had the domino effect and all that bullshit. David Crockett calls him on his bullshit and presents the video from the interview. I guess this was Worldwide Wrestling on December 28, 1985. David Crockett is talking to Baby Doll and Tully. Tully is asking, Where in the world have you been? Baby Doll explains, JJ gave me those tickets to Acapulco as a Christmas gift from you. JJ slithers in. You know, you're a real sweetheart, but you're going to have to get some other way to cover your tracks. Baby Dog gets furious. You gave me those tickets. And she grabbed JJ's jacket by the lapel. Tully gets pissed. Get your hands off of him. No, screamed Baby Doll. He bought me the tickets. Tully jumps up in her face, fuming. Um, get your hands off of him. No, he bought me the tickets. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. So he said, you're bought and paid for. You're running off. You're my perfect 10. Baby doll still screams your innocence. No, you gave me the tickets. Totally hauls off and smacks her right in the fucking face. Like, like it was, like I've thought for a second, like, is that shit just real? Like, I was completely, I was like, man, he blasted her. Like, he popped her. I was yeah. like, wait a minute, or did he screw up? Did he mean to hit her that hard? Yeah. Holy there shit. Was, there was fucking contact. It wasn't a, a slap <laughs> on hand. He fucking smacked her. <laughs> Right across the face, smack. I mean, blast David, David Crockett loses his shit. What <laughs> are you doing? And jumps up in Tully Blanchard's face. J.J. Dillon grabs David Crockett, pulls him to the side. Tully Blanchard grabs Baby Doll by the hair and starts dragging her off to the side to take her back to the locker room where she belongs. Out comes Dusty Rose. Starts... He basically, basically sideswipes uh, Tully <laughs> and says, don't you ever put your hands on her again. She don't belong to you no more. She belongs to me now. That's killing the whole fucking ownership storylines because now she's still a fucking piece of meat. That's, exactly, that's exactly what I thought. I was like... I was like, oh, man, I hope Dusty just goes ahead and hits this bastard. And then he said that, and I was like, oh, man. I was like, you watch, you know, if that happened, if that line was given today by the hero coming in, yeah. they would get carved to pieces for that. Yeah. It, you yeah. know. It's like, well, it was A's, but 
Dusty could not say, she don't belong to you. She don't belong to nobody. But yeah. yes, she belongs to me now. She belongs to me. Yeah. So, yeah. But either way, but in the time period, yeah. uh, it was an epic moment. It was great. Yeah. But back to the studio. Tully cuts a promo on Dusty, threatens to kick Dusty's ass and to get Baby Doll back and to give her a lesson she'll never forget. But you'll never get that fucking uh, storyline on TV now. Oh, no, there's no way. I, I See, I had never heard of this moment. I, I remember this when I was younger. I remember I, seeing this. I'm just like, I can't believe I hadn't read about this because I've read about the most shocking moments in wrestling. There's a thousand of those articles out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when he blasted her. I was like, holy shit. He popped her hard. So she took it uh, like a champ. Well, when it, when it came up, TV 14 on on the network, I was like, oh, there must be blood in this. And then when I saw him and, him and Baby Doll, I was like, oh, this, oh yeah, I remember this. This must be when he knocked the shit out of <laughs> It was awesome because I didn't have a clue it was coming. I was just like, I was looking at the TV and it was like, kaboom. I was like, did that just happen? I, rem shit. I remember this, but but when I, when, I, when I saw that, saw that, it was like, oh, this is that, that angle. Yeah. I I'm, mean, I'm, he busted I'm, her. Good on WWE for keeping it up on here. I'm, I'm kind of shocked. Yeah, I'm actually surprised it's there. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if you got Crispin Wall on there, you can have to have have this. I guess. Oh. But who? I don't know who you're talking about. Have you? Uh, you should, don't let your kids watch this one. <laughs> he was actually. <laughs> I don't think your old lady's gonna like this angle. <laughs> like she asked what that sound was. <laughs> She was in the kitchen um, where she belongs. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> she was in the kitchen doing something, brother. I don't know. And uh, I cooked dinner tonight, motherfuckers. Shut up. <laughs> so, and put the shit in the dishwasher. Oh, so I, you're I baby doll tonight. Yeah, I'm baby doll shit about every night. Um, she's a manhandler. That's the new term I learned today about SJWs. But anyways, back to more fun stuff. Um, oh, yeah, she was like, what was that sound? I was like, I was... That was that woman getting her face smacked. So, anyways, um, Harley Race and Tony Zane. Uh, there isn't much to say about this match except that Harley Race's hair was epic. <laughs> that fucking fro, man. It brought it brought it, dude. It brought back memories of being like four and five years old, and like my uncles had hair like that back in the day. So they were all in their like forties, fifties at the time, and yeah. So it just brought back some memories of Uncle Daryl. The, the, the best so, part about Harley Race Fro is why are his sideburns gray and everything else is like a perfect brown? Yeah, I noticed that. It was like he was Reed Richards in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and, and either shave the, 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 the sideburns or dye them. Yeah. Make up your fucking mind, bro. But he had a beard. Didn't he have a beard? He had a beard, gray yeah. sideburns. <laughs> it's just like one spot. 
Ivan Koloff promo with World Six Man Tag Team Trophy. <sighs> Hold on a minute. I just had an epiphany about Harley Race. Who's the guy in the Will Ferrell movies? His co pilot, the goofy one that was in uh, Talladega Nights. Shit. Um, you're talking about. Um, um, <laughs> uh, the guy that's in. Um, oh, my God. If they make a Harley Race biopic, I know who the hell needs to play him. Eastbound and Down? Yeah, shit, I don't know. Mike. Computers being stupid. Oh, it's because I'm on the wrong keyboard. It's not my computer for once. Yeah, anyways. Anyways, if they make that movie about Harley Race, this is the guy to play him. Danny McBride? Uh, no. The other guy, his racing partner. Just look at the poster for Talladega Nights. Well, shit, I don't recognize the bastard's name. Is it Ryan Adam McKay? Talking about the dude from Step Brothers. Yeah, the guy from Step Brothers. Billy Cox. John C. Riley? Is that his name, John C. Riley? Yeah. Yes. Yes, look at the poster for Talladega Nights and tell mm -hmm. me that ain't Harley fucking race when he was young. <laughs> so Ivan, John C. Riley didn't play that guy. Yeah, Ivan Koloff promo with a World Six Man Tag Team Trophy. That's a huge fucking trophy. Yeah. Um, that was a typical Ivan Koloff promo, but I kept wondering how hot his fucking head was with that damn hat on. And dude, his head was fucking scarred something fierce. Well, it was bad. Yeah. That's one of the worst I've ever seen, man. That's a fucking hill. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, uh, Ron Bass versus Bill Tab. Didn't Ron Bass fuck up Bruce Beefcake's head one time in WWF with the, with the Spurs? I uh, see. That's what I was trying to think of. Was he Cowboy Ron Bass? Yeah. Okay, I was thinking that was the same guy, but I couldn't remember. Um, did they introduce him as Cowboy Ron Bass? Yeah, uh, not in this match because he was a baby face. Okay, I, well, anyway, I was trying to think if that was the guy that did it or not. I'm pretty I think sure. it was Cowboy Ron Bass here, but in WWF, he was out on Ron Bass. Right. Yeah. So and I remember I he, he had the spurs, and he cut up Beefcake's face, and they put the giant X on top of the screen, censoring it out. Yeah. That's all I can remember. That's all I have to say about this match. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, there's no really talking about much else on that one yeah dusty Rhodes and baby doll promo uh dusty was cutting good old dusty Rhodes promo ripping on himself when fans ask ask him paraphrasing dusty here how come you don't look like rick flair and have all them muscles and the pretty body well i like the nightlife just a little bit better than i like the gym life jack and as long as i make half a million dollars a year i don't give a damn what they say now back in i did the uh Inflation, 1986, half a million dollars equals out to today to $1.1 million. So he's still making a million fucking dollars. Yeah. Uh, Dusty Rose talked about how women are sacred or something. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I was trying to transcribe everything Dusty Rose was saying. I was looking at baby doll. Yeah, so, sacred property, the old Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he owns, he owns baby doll. 
we see more feathers from early in the show to open it. Dusty is reenacting uh, what the road with the road wars, what how they broke Dusty's legs with Oli. Um, Dusty gives baby doll to Mike, and he lets her cut a promo on Toy. It was a quick uh, promo. She always, well, she still loves champions. So, uh, Dusty is the national champion, so she's still a whore, and she will pay Dolly back for slapping her. So, here's another couple of viewers. Well, I mean, listeners. that's her still her fucking gimmick. That was her character. That was her gimmick. So, that's talk to her about that. She was with fucking Tolly. That's what she was saying. Just calling it like we see. Very expensive. And you need to have either the TV, the world, or the U.S. title. Now she's with Dusty. What, what does she just fucking say in that promo? You know, I always love a champion. Yep. And, to, and Tolly. I will pay you back for slapping me. Okay. She just says she's a fucking whore. <laughs> what, the, what the fuck? Yeah, it's pretty much aimed up to it. Yeah. Ron Garvin versus Mac Jeffers. It was a Ron Garvin match, and I was glad it was over with. Promo of Harley Race in his afro. is an old bitter man promo from Harley. That was it. Started weak, I thought, and then he he took it. It got good. it got pretty good. It got pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, ooh, losing so good. And then it just took off. Yeah, he got a little confused at the beginning. Old man promo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you ageist ageism's a thing. Yeah. So. Road Warriors versus Josh Drow, Gene Legion, and Mark Hawk. Three guys. These props are gonna die. I think there was four moves. That was it. They, the Road Warriors walked out there, beat the fucking shit out of them, and that was it. Yeah, I like your note here. I hope Scott transcribes Hawk's promo and tries to understand it. Yeah, I'm just glad. The only thing I got clearly out of Hawk was he said, I'm going to let this guy tell you about it. And then Animal started explaining shit, and I could understand what was going on. Yeah. So, and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez versus Larry Clark. Ranging Bull is not working at the same speed as the Road Warriors match. It was slow-paced. Uh, he's taking out the legs. Very slow match. Old-school match. Raging Bull won. He hit Prom- that guy with a couple stiff shots. Yeah. Uh, promo of Ric Flair time. Great promo by Ric Flair. Best promo of all, man. Off the time, damn it. He buried Dusty. And... That Flair is a legit big deal, unlike Dusty when it comes to money. He buries Baby Doll, and because he doesn't have to worry about hurting Dusty's, uh, Tully's feelings, he's seen better on his backside on the worst days of his life. The best line was, Baby Doll, remember that night in Philadelphia when you almost got to ride Space Mountain? Even though you, (laughs) knock, 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 please, Slick Rick, let me in. No, 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 baby doll. No Space Mountain tonight. God bless America, and God bless Ric Flair. It was great. Yeah, it was a great Ric Flair promo. Arn Anderson versus uh, Kent Anderson. I think I wrote his name down wrong, but it doesn't fucking matter. It was a typical Arn Anderson match. Big body part, tear it apart, Arn goes over. Now, did you notice the gourd buster? Yes. How much that dude's face went into that mat. <laughs> when they, sh- 
<laughs> yeah, I think he's I think he sunk to his ears <laughs> when he did the Gordon Buster man. That dude's face bit it. I'm sorry, that had the freaking hurt. Promo with Arn and Flair. Uh, they showed a video of Ole getting hurt again. That same video from the first part. Arn is pissed. Flair is pissed. Out of nowhere, Baby Doll comes out. Arn and Flair scream at her. Baby Doll points at Arn and she says, "Arn, you're next." Flair wants to knock the shit out of everybody. Can't so that he says the he does the best next day. I got news for you. When you get on Space Mountain, you'll be like this. And Flair just drops dead. <laughs> I lost it. I lost it. <laughs> he had so much energy. It was just nuts. Like I thought he was going to have a stroke. I can't believe he hasn't had a stroke. <laughs> so. Arn just. Knock on wood. Arn, fucking, fucking Arn just. I guess Arn's used to Flair being Flair. <laughs> He's used to that behavior. I probably couldn't keep a straight face. No. Yeah. I can't. I, I mean, their their poker faces were they, that has a talent <laughs> to be a poker face because I couldn't have stayed straight around him like that. <laughs> I, I lost it. Uh, Flair is definitely on this show. He proved that he was the greatest of all time on the mic. That was his show. Yeah. I mean, there's no way you couldn't give him the belt. No. Jimmy Valiant versus something Devins with Tully and JJ on commentary. It was a quick and pointless match. It was just a setup to get over the fact that the horsemen are going to use Jimmy Valiant to get the Dusty. I cannot remember Jimmy Valiant for my life. I was looking at this guy, and I'm like, I have, I swear I've never seen this guy. Damn, I've, I, you know, the name I remember, but I couldn't. Mm. I couldn't imagine the face. I was just like, I just can't. I can't see this guy, and he was freaking terrible. So, <laughs> good God, that was a terrible match. He just, yeah. he just, just holds on to like a pressure point and shakes his face a whole bunch. Yeah, like, well, this is some 1960s wrestling. So, yeah. Jim Cornette promo video. Jim Cornette getting involved in Rock and Roll Express match. Uh, the Midnight did a run in and beat up Ricky. Robert got to save. Uh, setting up a um, match whenever for the Rock and Roll Express and, and Jim Cornette. Um, so they're going to eventually get their tag team match. In singles action, Dennis Condry versus Rocky King. This is weird since Bobby Eaton is the better of the two. Match is a typical prop match. Brain Buster was a pretty sick looking though. Yeah. Dennis Condry I- no-sold basically the whole fucking match. Yeah, and Rocky King's a big dude. He was in shape. Baby Dawn Dusty promo. Funny promo by Dusty about Flair having fits on the floor and spasms. (laughs) Baby Dawn denied the fact that she chased Flair around the hotel and she turned down. Dusty busted out the little dick jokes, and Baby Dawn said that why should she mess with Space Mountain when she can have the whole park? (laughs) Uh, Magnum versus Barbarian with Harley Race on commentary. Back and forth match. Not a bad TV match. There was a ref bump. Magnum had to match one, but no ref. Harley says, need a ref. Barbarian gets the advantage. Uh, after in after um, Paul Jones interferes, 
He goes for the pin. Harley Race slides in and makes the pin. Uh, does the pin f for the ref. Yeah. Got a little quick of my uh, notes here. Magnum gets pissed and attacks Ray. Uh, he gets double teamed until the Rock and Roll Express and Jim Lee Valiant makes the save. Harley Race does a promo. David Crockett tries to stir shit, but Harley was right. All he did was make a legit count. He never attacked Magnum. Magnum attacked him. It was bullshit. Yeah, but David Crockett, you know, he's being an asshole. <laughs> he, he does. He, like was being, he was being an asshole. If I David, saw the race, I'd have punched him in the mouth. Well, David Crockett does like to stir shit. That's all he did this whole episode was stir shit. Harley Race was innocent. He was. Even before. For once. Paul Jones interfered in the match and nailed a uh, granted barbarian cheated but even before that when the ref got knocked out harley was saying well the ref barely got fucking tapped what a pussy yeah they need a ref and then when there was the interference he did slide in and make the pin then the road warriors came out pissed off they were pissed that Harley Race was on their interview time, so fuck off, old man, or you get what they're planning to do to the Russians. Speaking of which, I think the Road Warriors are planning on killing the Russians. They did end up buying Tony Schiavone a T-shirt that had Weasel Slapper on it. It was great. There are two types of people on this earth, Weasels and Weasel Slappers. I learned a lot this night. <laughs> I'm just saying that was the most profound statement I ever heard. I tell people at work when I do the training, we're talking about protecting yourself. I'm like, there's two types of people. There's killers and there's victims. And this is right here. Weasels and weasel slappers. <laughs> I, I think subconsciously, I remember hearing this from some point from the red warriors and I thank both of them. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, promo of Jim, Jimmy Valiant. Jimmy Valiant looks a lot like Michael Hayes. However, it was a pretty decent promo. He got his punch across. Him and Dusty were buddies, have been for years, and if you want to start a fight, bring it, Tully. Fucker. Well, time for Sam fucking armbar Houston and Nelson Royal versus Pablo Crenshaw and Don Turner. No armbar. It was amazing. It was a great match for Sam Houston. Yeah, I was a little shocked. Promo for Magnum TA. Magnum is pissed. I'm not even going to write it down, but fucking awesome Magnum TA promo is great. Magnum sold it, man. He sold it. I mean, I'm really liking Magnum. Magnum I'm really pissed. watching him. Magnum was fucking pissed off at at uh to not uh he wasn't really pissed off at Barbarian. He was pissed off at Harley Race for the interference. I mean, he was fucking livid. They only had 30 seconds, probably around 30 seconds for the uh, before they went to uh, they had to close out the show. And holy shit, he was pissed. <laughs> and he wrapped it up. Basically, told the old man he's gonna beat the shit out of him next time he saw him. <laughs> and he won. And he told him that you once thought you were great, but you ain't shit now, old man. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty much how you wrapped it up. You were a great man once, but you ain't shit now. Magnum's fucking awesome. Yeah. And, and for we a have, baby face, we he have had until October. Yeah. 
for a baby face, he had fucking fire. Yeah. He his car accident was October 14th, 1986. So we so have was- 10 months of this or so. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really impressed. I always heard about how great he was, and I mean, I'd watched a match or two, but I re- I really the guy's grown on me big time. So, so it's this year. That sucks. Yeah, I was hoping it was '87, but whatever. Yeah, it's gonna get depressing pretty soon. Very depressing. Well, anything else to add before we shut this off? No, I think that'll that'll pretty much cover it. It was a really good show. The promos were the big part, as usual. Uh, the matches were pretty good overall, uh, two or three of them anyways. So, yeah, it was a good show. The promos were just, they were better than the last. They were the best ones yet. Yeah. All right, well, next week, Scott will have New Japan watched. And um, that will be it. So... That's it, peoples. Uh, Goodbye. Later.